a minute. And uh, one, I want to give honor to our pastor. Uh, we, we love him dearly and thankful for the word that he delivers. Thankful for that word Sunday morning Amen. about our children. My God, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And as he travels, a lot of you may have seen he is, uh, he is at the Winds Conference down in Florida. I know he posted that. So um, let's take a minute and, and bind together as a body and cover our pastor in prayer. Cover this conference in prayer that people are, are, are safe, but most of all that the Holy Ghost moves. And, and pray for his family that went with him and that traveled with him. But let's pray that God is in their midst covers them, protects them, and moves in a mighty way. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord God. We praise you, God. We thank you for the pastor you've given us, Lord God. And we pray a covering right now over him and his family in this conference, God, in the name of Jesus Christ, that you cover them, that you protect them, and most of all, that your spirit move, touch lives, change lives, God, in the name of Jesus prick hearts at this conference, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we bind together, Lord God. We bind together in prayer for our pastor, Lord God. In Jesus' name, we give you thanks. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. I'll get right into it tonight. Uh, the scripture I want to look at is Jeremiah 315. Jeremiah 315. And it says, and I will give you shepherds according to my heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. And there's one simple word for tonight's title, and that's voices. If you could just pray with me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you again for blessing us with your presence that we feel here tonight already, God. Thank you for being in our midst, God. Thank you for leading us, for guiding us. Anoint your word tonight, God, in the name of Jesus. Bless us, Lord God. Speak to us tonight, Lord God. Lead us and guide us, Lord God. In your name, Lord God, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. You can be seated. Amen. What a, what a beautiful October day it was today. Um, October. It's unbelievable to say October. October of 2020. Um, 2020 reminds me of, I was talking to my sister the other day, and, I, and I, this thought occurred to me. 2020 to me has been like, you know, if you go on a long road trip uh, where you're driving 12 to 15, 16 hours, and you leave on a Friday, say, and then Saturday you wake up and you're like, what did we do yesterday? Or the next few days you're constantly thinking back about, well, we did this Saturday when we first got here. What did we do again on Friday? It's like just being in that long car trip where you're trying to get somewhere, and then it's all of a sudden you're like, what in the world did I do on that day? So 2020 is like not only a long road trip, but a bad road trip with lots of flat tires and uh, car trouble and just problems all along the way that probably a lot of us have had in the past. But it's, uh, it's been quite a year, and I know a lot of people say, well, it's all going to change in a, in a month after an election, regardless of, of what the outcome is or whatever it may be. And, and I hope that's not the case, because if that's the case, then it's, it's not good for the people of this nation to be, go through something during an election year. But I do wonder what 2021 is going to be like. And if there's anything that I know, it's that 
we're not getting further from the coming of Christ. We're getting closer to the coming of Christ. So if I know that, then I, I know one thing, though. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. We're going to carry on. We're going to build a new building. As long as the Lord's tarrying, we're going to carry on. The church is going to carry on. The word of God is going to go forth. We're going to see people baptized in Jesus' name, repent of their sins, filled with the Holy Ghost, fill up a new building. The word of God is going to continue on. So I don't care the outcome of elections. I don't care what the rest of the world is doing. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. So we will carry on. As long as the Lord tarries, this word will go forth. And, and I just think about the voices that are out there right now. And I think that the spirit of Antichrist is on the move. That's one thing that's, that is certain. The spirit of Antichrist is on the move and, and, and control from media, governments, all these things that are happening uh, is the spirit of Antichrist. Now, media is pitting people against one another. And, and whether people know they're being used of Antichrist or they don't know, willingly or unwillingly, there's a lot of influence out there that is being used by Antichrist, drawing division in our nation. And that's not, doesn't have any place in the church. This is the kingdom of God. And this is where we have to know the right voices to listen to. So again, whatever's going on in the world, we have to know what voices to listen to. Jesus came into a crazy world. Rome, Jerusalem, Israel, all that stuff back at that time, 2,000 years ago when he was here on the earth. It was a crazy place. It was, people were just as bad then, if not worse the world was a worse place back then. But the difference is, and why we can say we're closer and closer to the second coming of Christ, is as bad as people were back then, there wasn't the control that we see today going on with our governments, our media, that is trying to control everything that we do. So I just want to go over some voices real quick. These are some voices in our daily life. Coworkers, employers, HR, school, universities, teachers and professors, the educational system, classmates, pop culture, Hollywood, the music industry, athletes, social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, social media, friends, emails, text messages, doctors, psychologists, psychiatrists, self-help books and speakers, media and their experts, politicians, Republican and Democrat, the CDC, which is the um, Center for D Disease Control and the WHO, the World Health Organization, two of which I've only become familiar with recently. I think I've heard of them in the past, but just in the last year, become very familiar with them. But that's a list that I was able to write down in just a matter of a couple minutes today. That's a full page of things that are, are bombarding our minds every day. Did you notice anything that I left off of there? The word of God and pastors were left off of there. The word of God and our pastors and our churches have to compete with this in just a few hours per week. We come here on Sunday morning and Wednesday night, ladies' prayer, men's prayer, the opportunities that we have, we come here. But 
That's the competition that the Word of God and our pastors have. All of this every day bombarding us. How easy it is, is it for us to be here, have a word preached on a Sunday or a Wednesday, leave, and then all of a sudden these things hit us the next day, one after another after another. And the thing about this is, most likely none of them, pretty assuredly none of them, with a few maybe one-offs, none of them have the Holy Ghost. None of them are filled with the Holy Spirit. None of them are out for the kingdom. They all have an agenda. They all, all of these things have an agenda. I look at uh, just a few of these, for instance, teachers and, 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 and uh, professors at universities. My wife was a teacher for nine years. I love teachers. I'm thankful for the several teachers that we have here at Tree of Life Church that are in our education system, Holy Ghost-filled teachers in the school system. I'm thankful for that. But I've seen videos of, of teachers being interviewed and saying they were scared that all of a sudden with all the Zoom classes going on that parents might see actually what they're teaching in the schools. I saw two teachers interviewed randomly and they said, well, we don't even teach what is given to us. We want to teach what we feel like is the right things to be teaching today. So people with agendas, voices with agendas. I look at uh, the different opinions of experts that the media will throw out there. Whatever news channel that you prefer to listen to, whatever one it is, has a voice. It has an agenda. And then they bring out their experts that are different than the other news media's experts. Contradicting voices. Voices. Non-Holy Ghost-filled Ghost -filled people speaking giving us their opinions, telling us what we should think, telling us what we should believe. I look at the CDC and, and, and the WHO and how there's even conflicting things going on about a virus that is uh, taking the world by grip. This isn't political stances tonight. These aren't, these aren't things that I'm trying to say my agenda because my agenda is one thing, the kingdom of God, the church, the body of Christ. That's my agenda. But we look at even those experts. Some are saying, well, I, I saw an article in the CDC the other day that said it went through saying that only one mask, for instance, is actually what works, that all these other ones don't really work. But at the end of the article, it says, but we think wearing them is the way to go. I agree. Listen, I wear them, especially around people that I love, because I understand it. But the point is, it's not my feelings, it's the fact that there's a lot of different opinions out there, and it depends on where you go as to what opinion you're going to see. I, I, I look at the governors closing churches down. I, I, I look at what's happening with the churches in our nation today. I, I look at the governor of, of New York right now, who just yesterday came out and said, if the synagogues and the churches don't Go by what I say, I'm shutting you down. So he said, rabbis, synagogues, I'm going to shut you down. He said, black ministers, I'm going to shut you down. Those are his exact words. You can go find them. Again, it's not a political stance. This is not a political thing. The kingdom of God is beyond all this politics. I'm not trying to take any stance on any matter at all. I'm just saying this is what we're facing. This is the spirit of Antichrist coming against us because there's churches in California right now. People are getting arrested just for going to church. 
just for trying to assemble, just for trying to go and praise and worship their God. So it's a spirit of Antichrist that is, that is moving on us with an agenda that is rapidly coming over us. And that has nothing to do with Republicans or Democrats. It simply has to do with the Antichrist is on the move. But I know that the Word of God is more powerful than the Antichrist. I know that the church is more powerful because the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So when I see that governor making those statements, at one point I thought, did I just open up the Bible and see a statement, a quote from Herod? I, I mean, if I open up the headlines any day this year, it seems like, I have to wonder myself, what has happened? Where are we? Where are we as a nation and what is taking place? And then I quickly say, okay, I see what this is. Anna Christ, you have taken leaps from last year where we were to this year. If I look at the word that was being preached last year, the, the word from this church the last few years, the word from all the pulpits that, that are around the nation, around the world, they have changed. The, the tune has changed. God is speaking loudly. Be aware of what voices you're listening to. Be aware of who you're listening to. Be aware. What's the strongest voice in your life? When I rattle these off, when I, when I name all of these voices, which one of those is the loudest? I pray it's our pastor. I pray it's the word of God. I, I know it's hard to compete with all these things. They consume us all day. Day after day, they consume us. And it would be easy to say, but these are the things that I have to do, and these are the things I spend my time with. And there's not, church is only Sunday morning and Wednesday night right now, so what, what am I supposed to do? This is how I'm filling my time. I can say that, thankfully, even with the things that come with the internet that are not necessarily godly, thankfully, we can pull up a service anytime. We can pull up the Word of God being preached anytime. I thank you, Brother Purdy, for so many messages that you send all the time. Some I get to watch, some I don't, but thank you because it keeps it in front of us. It keeps the Word of God in front of us. It keeps His Word. It keeps, it drowns out all those other things because our pastor's voices, the pulpits, the Word of God is being drowned out by these voices. Every other one of those voices has an agenda, and it's not for the kingdom. Like I said, Jesus, when he was here speaking and leading and, and, and getting the disciples and, and the people that were following him, he dealt with the politics of the day. He dealt with Caesar, render under Caesar what's his. That was simply just taxes, saying, go ahead and do that. But everything else, he said, I'm here to seek and to save that which is lost. That was his purpose, not to deal with the government, not to deal with the Pharisees or the Sadducees or the Sanhedrin. It was to deal with the, the lost, to seek and to save that, that which was lost. And he told them, go and preach this word. Go and preach this word. And when the government came against them, when the Pharisees came against the apostles, they kept preaching the word. They kept preaching the word. And that's what Jesus came and said, I'm here for my father's business. I'm here about the kingdom. Because at the end of the day, we have to remember that one thing. So the world's doing what it's doing. The politicians are doing what they're doing. And the media is doing what it's doing. But I'm just a pilgrim passing through. I'm just a pilgrim passing through. 
I'm an ambassador for the King of Kings. So they can do whatever they want to do. But I'm going to keep my family in this. As for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we're going to come to church. As for me and my house, I'm going to let my pastor's voice be the main voice in my life and in my family's life. I'm going to let the word of God be the loudest voice in my family's life. I'm going to get up and I'm going to read the word to my family, to my daughter. That's going to be the loudest voice in my life. Because again, none of these people have the, the right agenda in mind. It's for their self-needs. It's for what they want to do. It's for what they're bought, they're paid for. You can follow the money. You can look into things. We're getting ready to have an election. I don't know what I'm, I'm praying about it. I suggest we all pray about it. But at the end of the day, I'm a pilgrim just passing through. So I don't really care what happens. People love the Constitution. They hate the Constitution. Guess what? It's all designed and written by fallen men. If somebody wanted to tear up the Constitution and redo a new one, guess what? It's going to be fallen. It's going to be made of men. It's going to fall. Kings and kingdoms will fall. Presidents are going to come and go. Parliament's going to come and go. It doesn't really matter. It's the Word of God. That's what we're here for. What voice is the loudest in your life? What voices are drowning out your pastor's voice? Politicians. They have agendas. They have agendas, most of which, I'm going to guess, are not filled with the Holy Ghost. I know there's stories of, of Bill Clinton going to Pentecost campgrounds in Arkansas way back when he was, uh, before he was president. I don't know what effect that had on him. I know when he got into trouble during his presidency, he called, he called the Mangan family, Pastor Anthony Mangan and Mickey Mangan, and they came and prayed for him in D.C., I don't know what kind of influence they had on him. I know Reverend Art Wilson, who goes to the United Nations, spoke to the Ohio uh, District Camp a few years ago, Bishop Buller, and he, he spoke of having Bible studies with Mike Pence and that he saw him speaking in tongues and filled with the Holy Ghost. This isn't about what party they're from. It's just saying that there probably are some exceptions, Democrat or Republican. It doesn't matter to me. I pray that there's more of them in, the, in, in office, whatever office that may, may be that are seeking God, that are living for God, that are trusting God, that are praying. Are they praying? I don't know. It doesn't matter to me what letter's next to their name. I just hope that they're praying. I just hope that they're seeking God because there's a lot of good ones that get into it. And then they either get drowned out by the, the people with the money or, or, or the, the, the special groups that, that pay money, or they, they get caught up into it, and special interest groups pay them so much money that they just say, okay, what's the agenda that you want me to do? Okay, let's do that, let's do that. And then us, we, we the people suffer. I don't care what letter's next to their name. We need praying people. We need to pray for our politicians, both parties. And, and it's a shame, quite honestly, that we live in a nation where we only got two parties to choose from in a nation this size. But it's what we've got. And that's why, again, I say, those voices at the end of the day aren't going to be the loudest voices in my life. I'm going to seek this word. I'm going to turn to God. I'm going to wake up and I'm going to pray over my home, pray over our church, pray over our congregation. 
Pray over my nation. Pray over this world. And should you tarry, Lord, let our missionaries go and preach the word. Let people get baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost in all these nations. Let our inner cities, let our home mission directors, let their homes get filled. Let these home missions get filled and buy new buildings. Let these people go out and preach this word because it's the only thing that's going to save us. It's the only thing that matters. I don't care about the special interest groups that are going to lie, cheat, and steal their way. doesn't matter again what letter's next to their name. It doesn't matter again if they're over you in some position at, at work or school. They have an agenda. Some of them don't even know what the agenda is. They're just being told what to do, and so they can, so they can keep getting their paycheck. They're going to tell you what they were told to do. There's agendas out there. And it's basically this. It comes down to this. Christ or Antichrist. It comes down to Christ or Antichrist. What voice are you listening to? Christ or Antichrist. Jesus said you can't serve both. You can't serve the world and me. So which one are we going to serve? What is our family? What is going on in our homes? What are our children watching? What are our children hearing? Are they seeing us pray? Are they seeing their parents pray and talk about God? Are they seeing their family members talk about the Lord? Are they seeing before every decision that your family makes, their mom and dad or their father, their mother, their grandparent, whoever's taking care of them, are they seeing you pray? Are they hearing you talk about Christ? Are they seeing the word opened up in your home and not full of dust, covered in dust? Are the videos they're watching of God? I'm speaking to myself right now as much as I am everyone else. It's a challenge. I understand that it's a challenge. Because that's the world we live in. That's what we're bombarded with. That's what our kids go to school. The things they come home saying and hearing that they've heard. The conversations that we have at work. What voice do we have? What is our voice? We hear these voices. What is our voice? Our pastor, the word of God, has to be the loudest voice. It's got to be the loudest voice. And I want to talk about pastors for a minute, and honestly, I'm going to talk about our pastor for a minute. The job that he has, the challenge that he has, how much we should listen to this voice. First Peter one or First Peter five, one through five says this about pastors: the elders who are among you, I exhort, I who am a fellow elder. And a witness of the sufferings of Christ. And also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God. Which is among you. Serving as overseers. Not by compulsion. But willingly. Not for a dishonest gain. But eagerly. Not as being lords over those entrusted to you. But being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. Verse 5, likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you submit to one another and be clothed with humility for God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. 
one other scripture I want to look at. Acts 20 and 28 says, Therefore take heed to yourselves and all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. That's what the pastor's responsibility is. That's a big responsibility. Where is that voice in our lives? Is it first and foremost with the word of God? Trusting that he is the one. Trusting that he is the one that God has placed. That we've been called to tree of life. If you're here, God has called you to this congregation. Whether you've been here for 40, 50 years and sat under Bishop Buller or Elkins. Or that you're here now under Pastor Urshan. Whatever it is, God has called you to this place. It's not by mistake. God knows where he, he ordered your steps. Pastor Urshan was called to tree of life for this time and this purpose. And that's who God has placed over us. And that's the voice that we need to have loudest and at the forefront of our home. If he's praying, he's a praying pastor. Don't ever think or question or wonder if your pastor is praying for you. He's praying for you. This has obviously been a year with a lot of opinions, a lot of suggestions, a lot of thoughts about the way things could go or should be or should be done. Obviously, we prayed at the beginning of the year when everything was happening. Lockdowns are coming from everywhere. Schools are shutting down. Sports are shutting down. Everything's shutting down. What do we do about the church? Pastor did what, he was, what he's supposed to do biblically. He sought counsel, prayed, and did what the Holy Ghost said. We did shut down for a while. And, and, and like I told a lot of people at that time when some people were wondering, said, we don't, you know, we're not a church that handles snakes. We're not in the middle of wherever where you walk into a Pentecostal church and you see people handling snakes. That's not us. So we're not going to handle a virus. We're going to understand what this is. And then come June, it was time. It said, okay, it's time to get back to church. And some people thought, well, some people's opinions were, you have to do this or that. And you're going too far. You're not going far enough. Whatever it is. But I'll say this. Our pastor is praying. He's praying for this flock. His best interest is you. He's going to have to answer for how he leads this congregation to God. So trust me, he is praying over what to do and how to handle things. So it's not a time to question what and how and why he's doing what he's doing. He's letting the Holy Ghost lead. He's letting the Holy Ghost lead him. I remember shortly after coming back, we, uh, well, again, we're in conversation about ways to handle things, what to do, how to do this, how to do that. Obviously, masks were a big part of it. Social distancing, everything was a part of it. And I, I'll share this one story. This is just how the Holy Ghost spoke to me. He can share when and if he likes how the Holy Ghost has dealt with him. But I remember a service where the plan was to do something um, and by the time service started, the Holy Ghost had kind of spoke and changed to that course. But I know at the end of that message, at the end of that service, I sat here and the Holy Ghost shouted as loud as I've ever heard it to me. And we weren't having altar calls at that time. And, and, and the, the Lord spoke, the Holy Ghost just shouted out and said, why are you keeping my people from coming to an altar and praying when they're hurting? There's so much 
violence and unrest in this nation. They're scared. There's, there's a virus. There's violence. There's unrest. Everything that's going on that they're getting bombarded with every day in the media, in the news, wherever they're at, whatever they're listening to, they're getting bombarded, and yet they're not able to come to an altar and pray and have someone come up and pray for them. And I went up and I said, Pastor, I just have to, I have to say this. This is your call, obviously. It's your congregation. You have to do what God's leading you to do. But this is what God, the Holy Ghost, just screamed out to me, cried out to me. And he said, I know, I know. And, and by Arvel DeVita of that day, we opened up the altar. And the next Sunday, we opened up the altar. And things broke in the congregation. People come up, came up, and they were so thankful that we opened it back up. And they said, I know we're being careful. I know you may come up, and you may be wearing a mask praying for me, or you may not be able to come over next to me, but maybe it's whatever it may be, to be able to come back to an altar. Just touch them. And they said, thank you. That's what the Holy Ghost is doing. So we can never question or wonder if the Holy Ghost is leading, it's going, it's going to matter more than anything else, any, whatever any government says, the Holy Ghost matters more. What any politician, politician says, the Holy Ghost is going to matter more. Whatever any doctor says, I'm sorry, the Holy Ghost is going to matter more. Whatever CDC or the WHO says, the Holy Ghost is going to matter more. Whatever a Democrat or Republican says, the Holy Ghost is going to matter more. And that has to be what matters the most. Because I know people have to stay home. People are being careful. People are doing, I hope they're using wisdom and they're, and they're doing what they have to do. Amen. We have to do that. And we're praying for them and they're a, as much a part of the church now as they've ever been. Uh, but I urge them, if you're staying home, worship at home. Don't get lulled to sleep. Don't fall asleep. Because I remember how easy it was back in March and April, the, the few times that I didn't come in when we were streaming and I was home. It was different. So you got to fight that much harder when you're at home watching. you got to fight that much harder when you're watching online. And I understand why you're doing it. Don't get me wrong. This isn't a stance on anything. I understand. But you got to fight, and we're praying with you. We're praying for you. Don't get lulled to sleep. The enemy would love nothing more than us to grow lazy, to, for a church of Laodicea to be get eaten up by the Antichrist while we're listening to all these other voices. We've got to be strong. We've got to listen to the word of God and listen to our pastor over everything else and trust that he's praying for. He, he is here to get us to heaven. He is here for us to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. He is here to preach the word of God the way God is leading him to lead, to, to lead us. So when we have all these other voices coming into our minds that are conflicting what the word of God says or what our pastor may be saying, we better seek the Lord. We better get in this word, and we better pray. Jesus' name. What's the loudest voice? What's the loudest voice in your head? What's the loudest voice in your home? But it's not just about our pastor. He is the overseer like we read. But we as a congregation are being challenged right now. In this world, I heard... Dr. Tony Evans uh, on a message, and regardless of doctrine, I, I, I listened to a message that he had that I really loved, and he, um, he talked about being the chaplain, I believe it was, for the Dallas Cowboys. And he said, 
He said, you know, it, it was interesting all those years. And he said, now my son fills that role and we go and we pray with them and, and, and we counsel them and preach to them occasionally. But he talked about that role and how he got to get to know them. But he said, you know, it's interesting. And he said, at that point in time, uh, the Steelers, I think, were getting ready to come and, and play, play the Cowboys. And he said, there's going to be a big confrontation on this football field. And he said, there's 50-some-odd players, whatever it is, and, and they're going to be fighting one another tooth and nail, going at each other with vengeance, trying to hurt one another and trying to win a game, trying to have an outcome that benefits them, an outcome for them. But he said, you know, it's not just the players and the coaches that are involved. It's also the officials. And he said, you know, the officials are in the field, but they're not of the field. And there's many, there's much fewer officials than there are players and coaches. And he said, but you know, the one thing that the officials have is the rule book. He said, the, the officials have the rule book. And, and they have the authority in New York to call and say, here's what's happening. And, and, and even though they're getting booed, they're getting screamed at by both, both teams. They're getting booed by fans, whatever it is. Everybody is kind of against them if they, if they make a call that, um, everybody disagrees with. But the point is, he compared the church to the officials. We may not be as many as what the world has. There may be many more politicians and media members and, and voices out there in schools and in work, but we have a voice. We have the voice of God. We have what we just sung about, Brother John, the Holy Ghost inside of us. We have a voice, and it's up to us it's not just up to our pastor. We let him bring the word to us that God has put on his heart. We receive that word and we walk in it, but we take that out. We take that out into this playing field and into the world. Because God is dealing with the church more so than he is any of that other stuff. In Ephesians 3 and 10, it says to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be principalities or, or might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in heavenly places. God is more concerned. His only concern is his people. His only concern is the people that he has called by his name, getting to his kingdom. God is not worried about what Caesar's doing or what a president is doing or what politicians or media is doing. He's concerned about us, and it's up to us to be that voice, to be that voice. And we can't rely on just our pastor to do it. We have to take what's happening here. We have to take this out into the workplace, out into the world, and challenge people and say, this is what I stand for. Because if we can listen to what HR is saying, we can listen to what our principal or the people that over, are over us in our workplaces or school, if we can listen to what they say and try to take that and say, this is how it should be, we should be able to listen to this word. We should be able to listen to our pastor and say, okay, that's fine. I have to abide by these rules or whatever that you put in place. If I want to keep my paycheck, if I want to keep my job, I've got to play the game the way you're telling me to play it. That's fine. But here's the truth. And if you're not in a position to say it, you know what? Just remember it. Put it on your heart. Seal it in your mind. That's fine. They can say what they're going to say, but I'm going to seal this in my mind. I'm going to seal this up in my heart because this is what matters most. 
And it's not just the pastor. It's all of us. When people are coming into that new sanctuary, it's going to take all of us. It's going to take the prayer warriors. I'm thankful for the prayer warriors. I'm thankful for those that are praying here faithfully for men's prayer or ladies' prayer. I'm thankful for those that are at home that nobody knows. They're calling out the names of our congregation. They're calling out the names of each and every one of you. They're praying for you when those emails go out. That's as powerful as anything else in this congregation. That's as powerful as anything, any other ministry that we can do. It takes all of us. It takes the body of Christ to see this thing through. Let pastor be the voice from God. Let pastor deliver that word. But let's get behind him. Let's move some earth. Let's change this world. Let's change the narrative. Let's make things happen. And I'm thankful for this congregation and the things that we're going to be doing. We're going to start, and the first Saturday of November, we're going to start with a family prayer day. The first Saturday of every month. Family first prayer. And we're going to do some fun things with that. We're going to Hopefully have some cards that give us a, a path to walk and, and certain things to pray for. And thank you, Sister Cassandra Lee, for walking in bloom. They're walking the property. They're walking the property because we're fighting principalities. You all know the opposition we went up against. When we started to try to this building campaign, when the community found out what we were trying to do, it's all right. The gates of hell shall not prevail. We know we're going to build this congregation. We're going to build this sanctuary. And people are going to come. People are caught us calling people right now, and they're going to come. No matter what anybody wants to say, no matter what any governor wants to say, he wants to say we're going to shut you down, we're going to have church. That's why each and every one of you, if that happens, if that time comes, you know, maybe you're going to be, you're going to be having a church in your living room. It's up to us right now to start listening to the right voices. Because we don't know what next year or the year after or five or ten years from now holds. Should the Lord tarry, what will be happening? We're going to do life groups. We're going to do small groups. We're going to do those when God's timing is right and we have everything in place. We're going to do it to keep empowering the congregation and the church and the people of God. Empowering each and every one of us. Because at some point in time, the spirit of Antichrist, communism, whatever it is using, whatever Antichrist is trying to use to take control of and shut churches down, it's going to continue. But the gates of hell shall not prevail. We're going to go on. We're going to keep marching. We're going to keep preaching. We're going to keep reading this word. We're going to keep it in the front of our families. We're going to keep it in the front of our children. Hero Israel, the Lord our God is one God. We're going to keep baptism in Jesus' name in front of our families. We're going to keep repentance, being filled with the Holy Ghost. It's going to continue. It will march on. The gates of hell will not prevail. So I don't care what the media says. I don't care what the world is saying. We're going to march on. We're going to march on. We're going to baptize. We're going to see people filled. We're going to see lives changed. I'm so thankful, God, for the lives that are going to be changed. But it takes all of us getting behind, hearing the voice of our pastor. And saying, I'm going to take that word that God has ordained him and the ministers that preach behind this pulpit, anointed anointed to deliver the word that God is calling for this congregation and the congregations that are being taught the truth throughout this nation and world. I'm thankful for that, but it takes each of us. Fivefold ministry, the fivefold ministry, we should be looking at all of these things to help us each and every day. We should be lifting one another up. Pastor's not always available, and if there's anything that I've 
I've learned about him in the 12 plus years and, and, and of sitting under him and the three plus years of sitting directly under him in this position as he is a praying pastor. And there's times that you send him messages and you don't get a response. I can tell you that there's a couple things going on there. A, he's praying about it and doesn't have an answer yet. Or is thinking, hey, maybe you should pray about it and see how God answers you. Or he's going to respond and say, hey, that sounds great. But if you don't get an answer, it's probably because he's praying about it. It's not because he's dismissed it. He prays about things. And sometimes what he's praying about is not ready right away. So sometimes we say, well, why hasn't this happened yet? Or why hasn't he done this, that, or, or the other yet? He's waiting for an answer from God. And I'd rather have a, a pastor that's praying and waiting for an answer from God than a pastor that's just going to give me any old answer. That ha When my salvation is at stake, when your salvation is at stake, I'd much rather have a pastor that is seeking God for what he's going to deliver from the pulpit or what advice he's going to give me or what counsel he's going to give me or what the minister ministers of the church are going to give me. I'd rather have a praying congregation, a praying church, praying ministers, praying leadership, prayer warriors sitting next to me in the pews. It's all about the body of Christ. Ephesians 4, verse 4 says, There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called, and one hope of your calling. It's about the body of Christ, all of us encouraging one another. The next time you see somebody come in, greet them. Smile at them. A smile goes so far. Just a simple greeting. If we're not ready to shake hands or, or get too close yet, we're being, we're being cautious. Our pastor is being cautious. He's following what the Holy Ghost is telling us, but we can greet one another. We can encourage one another. Send somebody a text. You don't have any idea what that will do, but when you do it and you get a response that says, you won't believe what I was just going through, what I was just praying about. If God puts somebody in your heart, respond. Don't just say, cast it off and say, well, that's just me. If, God, if somebody comes to your mind, chances are God put them there. Respond and say, what can I do? Send them a message. Call them. Pick up the phone. Say, hey, I'm just thinking about you, praying about you. That's how we, that's how we are united. That's how we are strong. That's how we can come together. And when the things get crazy, whatever's next down the road, whatever the Spirit of Antichrist is bringing next, we're going to be that much stronger. And the voice of our church, the voice of our pastor, the voice of God has to be the strongest. Because what's next? If, if a virus that has a less than 1% chance uh, of killing you, and I'm not making light of it. I know many people that have had it, not making light of it at all, but it has less than 1% of a chance of killing us. If that will give these people that much control and that much power, what, what's coming across, along next that the Antichrist is going to say, there you go, shut back down those churches. And if we don't say, hey, you know what, you can't take away our right to serve our God, it's just going to be that much easier. I don't know what's going to happen. I have no idea. But I know I'm going to stand on the word. And whatever happens is going to happen. But I can't stop serving my God. If I have to be Daniel, I'm going to be in my home praying. If I have to, whatever I have to do, my home is going to serve the Lord. This congregation is going to serve God and preach and hear the word of God. And you don't know what you're being called to do. 
You don't know what you're being called to do. God is putting ministries in us right now. Because like I said the other day, Sunday morning, people are coming. God's going to fill that sanctuary quicker than we know. We'll probably be jumping right into a new building campaign to go somewhere else. Uh, because, And it's not about having the biggest church that we can have. It's whatever God entrusts us with. And what is God entrusting you with? If God's putting something on your heart, a calling, a ministry on your heart, and I, this, was, this wasn't something I thought about tonight. God's just putting this on my heart now. Don't, don't, don't give up on that. Don't, don't let whatever calling that you felt God promised you at one, one point, whatever promises God has given you at one point, don't, don't dismiss that because the world's turned upside down and maybe nothing's happening yet. You don't know what God is going to do with you. Keep walking. Let him open the doors. Like I said, we're going to be doubling, tripling in size quickly, quickly. And we don't know what ministries God is putting in, in each and every one of us right now. But we have to be ready. We've got to be ready for what's coming. And the fivefold ministry. I want to look again at Ephesians 4, verse 11. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. That's what the church should be doing. We, we, we put too much on our pastor. He's supposed to deliver this word, deliver this word, and that's what we receive. And then he counsels us. Yes, he does, the, does those things, but we have to help. We have to get behind them. The fivefold ministry. These are, this is just something I printed off that just gives you a quick snapshot of what some of these ministries are. Because a lot of times we don't talk about them enough. But this is how, how these offices work. Apostles. Apostles are dream awakeners in the kingdom of God. They awaken people to their God-designed potential. They are instrumental in people discovering who they really are and walking alongside them to get there. They forge new paths in the kingdom and are the catalysts for change wherever they go. A prophet. A prophet are heart revealers in the kingdom of God. They are effective in revealing God's heart for his people, wherever they go, they can accurately discern God's heart for a situation. They help people experience God's voice for the very first time and help them develop hearing the voice of God in their own life. Evangelists are storytellers in the kingdom of God. They make the stories of Jesus' remarkable goodness and love famous. They are the carrier of good news and partner with Jesus in celebrating people's transformation. They stir curiosity and desire to know Jesus. Their life is a living invitation to all to join the family of Christ, of God. Teachers. Teachers are light givers in the kingdom of God. They make the truth and knowledge about God accessible to all. They have an ability for breaking confusion and misinformation. They are all strategic and helping people know the truth of God and also how it applies to their life. And then pastors are soul healers in the kingdom of God. They are instrumental in guiding people through brokenness back to wholeness and healing their soul from wounds that keep them where they are. They create a safe atmosphere for family and belonging. They bring fun and enjoyment to God's ministry and allow people to feel like they are a part of a greater family. Does that sound familiar? Thank you, Lord. But those ministries are all to be operating. Pray about what you should be doing 
in this congregation. If it's a prayer warrior that's home in your prayer closet, do it with everything that you have. If it's filling one of these offices, do it with everything you have. Tune out the voices of the world. Point people to God. Bring people to God. Show them God. Show them the truth. Show them that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. They're craving something. The world is desperately wicked. People are angry and fighting and going crazy because they don't know. They're looking for something, a void that is empty, and it's God. It's the kingdom of God. You've come in and you've experienced it. We're blessed that you've been filled with the Holy Ghost if you've been filled. If you've not, seek it. Ask the Lord to fill you with the Holy Ghost. If you've not repented, repent. Repent tonight. If you've not been baptized in Jesus' name, be baptized tonight in Jesus' name. That's what you know. That's what we have. That's what the church has. And the world is trying to fill it with everything out there. It's trying to fill it with, with violence or anger or rage, pornography, money, as much money as they can make. How much do I have? Power. Politicians are full of power, power hungry. We need to be God connectors. Reverend Terry Shock, who was the associate pastor at Pentecostals of Alexandria for many, many years, said something that I love, many things I love. Um, he's a great teacher for this time. He said, we're just to be God connectors, all of us. We should just be God connectors, connecting people to God. And he talked about how he, he, he's fortunate enough to travel a lot because of now he, he deals with leadership in a lot of churches. And he talked about going, into the, going to these places and having a day where he can go and sightsee. And uh, whatever site it may be, he said, a lot of times that trip or that sightseeing trip is made, is made or not by the, the tour guide that's taking you on it. And he said, when they, a tour guide takes you on the trip and they talk about themselves and their family and all. This is where I met my wife or this is where I met my husband or this is where my kid stubbed his toe or this is where this experience has happened. He said, you know what, that can ruin it. Just tell me about the site. Just tell me what I need to know about that site. That's what, we, that's what we're here to do. Just tell people about God. Just, tell, just put their hand in his hand and let God do the rest. We don't have to be caught up in what the church is doing or not doing that we think it should be. We don't need to get caught up in why somebody's doing this or doing that. Just connect people to God. Let him do the rest. We're all fallen. We're all sinners and come short of the glory of God. But he's perfect. We can trust him when we take somebody to an altar. We can trust him when we give somebody a Bible study and say, here, seek the Lord. Pray about this. We can trust God. And I want to close here in a second, but, you know, all, everything that's happening in, in this world, there's only one answer. It's God. He is the great physician. So the hurt that's out there, the people that are hurting, that are seeking, that are desperate and are lost, there's one answer. It's the great physician. No doctor is going to be able to do it. No psychiatrist or psychologist is going to be able to do it. No no self-help person is going to be able to do it. There's one great physician. One great physician that's looking to fill that void. And with all the people that are hurting, and when you're hurting, when we're hurting, when we're confused and we're caught up, when we're caught up in everything that's going on, an election upcoming, whatever it may be, we have to come back to the great physician and say, Lord, cleanse me of this. 
Help me to think about things the way you would have me think about them. Help me to remember what you taught your disciples and when you turned them into apostles and said, go out and preach my gospel to the ends of the earth. You told them that's what they were to focus on. They said, should we go home and get our, get our, our money, talk to our families? He said, no, there's not enough time. That's where we're at right now in this world. There's not enough time. And young people, when I was, you know, in my 20s and high school and, and going through the things that I was going through, I, I didn't see the things that, that we're seeing right now. I heard about them happening on Bishop Buller. We were taught what was happening. We were taught about one world governments. I didn't believe it. I said, that'll never happen. Now, I see churches closing. Pastors being arrested. There's a, there's a great movement out there, Let Us Worship. Thousands of people are going into these cities and just praising and worshiping God. Many of them are getting arrested, but they're saying, I'm going to go, and I'm going to praise, and I'm going to worship my God. But he's the great physician. He's the healer of all of this. So everything that's happening in this nation and this world, he's the great physician. And I'm thankful to our pastor that he just preaches Jesus. Because a lot of people want to hear the church talk about a disease or our virus, uh, uh, about what's happening politically in our world, but Jesus answers all those things. The great physician answers all those things. And us talking to one another, talking about Jesus to one another, that's the answer. Last Friday night, Pastor Urshan and I had uh, two uh, ministers from the Pentecost Foundation, Elder Monica Williams and Pastor Daryl Brock, come over. And the four of us sat down, and Brother Seth and Brother Charlie recorded it. And we just opened up, and we said, you know what, we're going to talk about our differences, how we became who we became. You know, they're, they're prominent in Pentecost and, they're, um, and in their community, and they're dealing with things as African-Americans that we're not dealing with, Pastor Urshan and I, and we just said, we're going to talk, and we're going to share our thoughts, and we may disagree on some things, but that's okay because we're going to land on Christ. That's where we're gonna, we've got to finish there. And it was a powerful moment because when people start talking, especially Holy Ghost-filled people, people that serve God, that have the kingdom front and center, that are concerned about the well-being of their brother and sister, they're Holy Ghost-filled brother and sister, regardless of their ethnicity. That's when things start to happen. That's when we understand, yeah, the kingdom's all that matters. And that's where we got to get. That's where we got to point to. The great physician, he'll heal all those things. Brother Joe, I just want to rattle off some scriptures because I think it's important to look at this. We can say he's the great physician, but I, I want to look at some scripture. And we can read it together. Let, let's do that. Let's focus on this word right now and who God is. Matthew, Matthew 9 and 12. But when Jesus heard that, he said unto them, Let that be whole, need not a physician, but they that are sick. Exodus 15 and 26. And said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and wilt do that which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon them, which I have brought upon the Egyptians. For I am the Lord that healeth thee. Acts 4 and 12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Mark five thirty four, And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. 
Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. 1 Peter 2.24, who is who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. John 14 and 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth. Give I unto you, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. John 14 and 6, Jesus saith unto, the, unto him, I am the way the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Proverbs 17, 22, A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. Psalms 147 and 3, He healeth the broken in heart and bindeth, bindeth up their wounds. Philippians 4 and 6, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Philippians 4 and 7, And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. 1 Corinthians 2 and 14, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are the foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Matthew 12 and 15, but when Jesus knew it, he withdrew himself from thence, and great multitudes followed him, and he healed them all. Jeremiah 30 and 17, for I will restore health unto thee, and I will heal thee of thy wounds, saith the Lord, because they called thee an outcast, saying, this is Zion, whom no man seeketh after. Psalm 41 and 4, I said, Lord, be merciful unto me. Heal my soul, for I have sinned against thee. Hebrews 9 and 22. And almost all things are by the law purged with blood. And without shedding the blood is no remission. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God, your whole spirit and soul and body, be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians six nineteen. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and ye are not of your own? 1 Corinthians 6.20, For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. John 10.29, My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Thank you for your word, God. Thank you for your word, God. Thank you for the voices, God, that proclaim your word, God. Drown out those loud voices, Lord God, that are lies, that are of Satan. Drown them out, God. This is the word of God. This is the word of God. This is what we stand on. This is truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. There is no other way. There is no other buddy out for you except for God. The people of God that he has placed in your lives, those are the voices that we have to listen to. Drown them out, congregation. Drown them out, Tree of Life Church. 
They're overwhelming. They're coming in like a flood. I know. But drown them out with the voice of God. Drown them out with the people that God, spiritual people that God has put over you. Drown them out with the preaching of your pastor. Drown them out with the word of God in your home. Drown them out with that word that we just read. That's only a few. I hope you stuck with me through that. Because if we can't talk about and read the word of God in the church, then what are we doing? That's the word of God. That's what I'm standing on. That's what we're standing on. And I'm thankful for this congregation. We're going to build that sanctuary. We're going to have family prayer, first, first Saturday family prayer. And you know what? That's not just for people that have full families in the church. If you're alone, you live alone, you're, you live in the city by yourself, you've got a family, right? You've got some family. Everyone's welcome to come to this because this is about God. This is about the kingdom. And we all are the family of Christ. We're all one body. We're going to do that. We're going to do small groups. We're going to do things that are going to continue to edify the tree of life and the people that are in this congregation. I ask you, start praying. The rest of the month, we're going to continue talking about ministries that are in need of help. And, and, and we asked prayerfully about Sunday school and children's ministry. And this Sunday, we're going to continue um, having children's ministry um, people available. And then over the next four or five weeks, we're going to talk about other ministries in the church that are in need. And we just ask you, pray and ask God, seek God. Again, what is your voice going to be? Let's drown out these voices. Let's listen to the word of God and our pastor's voice and our leadership voice and the voice of God in your life and in your home. God is going to move and do tremendous things here. And it's going to, it's going to, we're going to see more resistance. It's okay. We can get there. So if the musicians would come, I'm going to ask us just to take a few minutes. And as a congregation, as a body of Christ, the people that are here and that are watching, can, can we stand and, and bind together in one accord and say, Lord, how, how are you going to use me? How do you want to use me? And Lord, help me. Help me to drown out these other voices. Help me to, to hear you loud and clear, God. Help me to hear your word. Put it on my heart. And I'm even going to ask our, our musicians and, and, and singers if they can just, just for a minute pray with us. And, and we can go in a song in a minute. But I think it's important right now that we just tune out everything that's on the news right now. Everything that's going on in our nation, everything that's going on in our world, world, can we take a minute, just a few minutes, as we're here together, as a congregation, a body of Christ, brother and sister, in the kingdom of God, doesn't matter color of skin in, this, in the kingdom, it doesn't matter ethnicity, it doesn't matter where you came from, we're all the body of Christ. When we're focused on the kingdom, none of that matters. We're brothers and sisters. Can we take a few minutes? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Seek God. In Jesus' name, Lord God, I pray right now, Lord God, that you, that you minister to our hearts, God. That you speak to our hearts That as a congregation, as tree of life. Lord God, I pray for the Pentecost Foundation and, and the other churches in the city, Lord God, that are declaring your word. But right now, we pray for the tree of life church, God. 
those that are here right now, those that are watching either in the city or from afar, that consider this their congregation, Lord God. This is your congregation, God. And I pray right now, Lord God, that you lead us, that you guide us, that you direct us, that you anoint our pastor to continue to lead us, to guide us and direct us. Lord, give us faith, God. Protect us from violent violence. Protect us from a virus. Protect us, Lord God, from the Antichrist trying to divide us, God. Protect us from the principalities, God. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. And I pray right now, Lord God, that you protect us. Help us, Lord God, to feel the way that you would feel about these things going on in our world and in our nation. I pray that you bind this congregation together, God. I pray that you put ministries on our hearts. I pray that you... Help us, Lord God, to encourage, to lift the arms up of our pastor, Lord God, as he faces the resistance the enemy's bringing against the voice of God. I pray in your name, Jesus, that you anoint each and every person here in this building right now and watching God, or that will see this, Lord God, that you anoint us for your purpose, God. Anoint prayer warriors. Anoint pastors, anoint evangelists, teachers and prophets and apostles, Sunday school teachers, God. Ushers and greeters, Lord God. In Jesus' name, Bible study, Lord God. Anoint, Lord God, kingdom life ministries, God. And those that are going to be given Bible studies to people, Lord God. Help us to tune out the voices of this world, God. Encourage us tonight in the midst of everything, God, going on. That's consuming our minds, God. Anoint us, Lord God, to love one another. You're the great physician, Lord God. You are love. Help us to love one another, God. Jesus' name. Help us to love, Lord God, those that we work with. Those that we go to school with, God. Those that have different opinions of us as us, Lord God. And the way the world should go, or the politics should go, or the church should go. It doesn't matter, God. Help us to love, Lord God. It's the only answer, God. You are the great physician. Help us, anoint each and every one of us, Lord God. To not just do it here in the church, inside the walls. But to take it, Lord God, out into the marketplace, the highways, the byways. The people that we have influence that are in our circles, God. Give us the words to speak. Help us to have the voice, God, that contradicts the Antichrist that's coming against us, Lord God. You are the way, the truth, and the life, Lord God. You are greater than any principality. Your name has power and authority over every principality. In Jesus' name, come on, church. Seek him for yourself. What can you do? What's he calling you to do? Who's he calling you to call tonight? Who's he calling you to send a message of encouragement to tonight? Who's he calling you to apologize to tomorrow? To show grace, to show mercy. That we're benefited. That Christ gives us each and every day as sinners. Who's he calling you to minister to? Who's he calling you to give that Bible study to? What are you waiting for? When are you going to repent for that thing that God has put on your heart to repent for? When are you going to turn away from that sin God is telling you it's time to turn away from? Because he has your best interest in his heart.
When are you going to say, Lord, I'm going to turn off the social media and open up your word? When are you going to go back into that prayer closet? When are you going to tell somebody you love them? That they mean something to you? Jesus' name. We can't do it without you, God. Hallelujah. God is speaking right now. He's moving right now. I encourage you to let this move on you. I encourage you to let this settle on you. Be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. I know you're going home to difficult situations, some of you. Be strong in the Lord. Don't let that principality that's going to talk to you the minute you walk in your home or the minute you get in your car and you look at that message that's waiting for you or whatever's waiting for you tomorrow morning. Don't let it be the loudest voice. Remember, God is fighting for you. Your church, your pastor, your congregation is fighting for you. Lord, we seek you right now. Help us, Lord God. Encourage us tonight, Jesus. Help us to stand on your word alone. To turn off those voices, Lord God. To tune into you. God is looking to give you great things. The more he can trust you, the more he will entrust you with. The more he can trust you with, the more he's going to give you that he can say, okay, I can trust you with this now. He's looking to bless people beyond the, what they've ever imagined. He's looking to change families. He's looking to pour blessings out that we don't even know that he wants to do. He's saying, seek me. Knock. I'm going to answer. I'm going to pour these things out to you. Let him do it. Turn off those voices. Say, Lord, I'm going to turn into you because you got better plans for me. He's waiting for you. He's waiting for you to come to an altar. He's waiting for you to go into your prayer closet. He's waiting for you to ask. He's waiting to pour blessings out. This isn't about prosperity. He's saying, I love my people. They're living beneath what I have for them because they're caught up listening to the wrong voices. He's saying, listen to me. Hear me. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, turn from their wicked ways, seek my face, he'll hear us from heaven. He'll heal your land. He'll heal your home. He'll heal your marriage. He'll heal your relationship with your children. He'll heal the relationship. He'll heal your finances. He'll heal your body. My God, he's waiting. He's waiting for you to turn off those voices. Turn off the news. Turn off that music that's not glorifying God. Turn off that movie, that video that's not glorifying God. Turn it off. If you're stuck in something, it's okay. Turn away from it. Say, Lord, I don't have the strength to turn away from this voice in my life. But you can, Lord God. You came to seek and to save that which was lost. You can give me power over this because he has power over every principality. If you've done it a thousand times, do it a thousand and one. I don't care. Keep turning away. Keep giving it to God. 
say, Lord, set me free from this voice. God, be set free tonight. Listen to the right voices. In Jesus' name. I know that I would fail alone. I need. 